You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. A mechanic tries to fix your car. No matter if you're near or far, he'll change your oil or fix your flat. And he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, you know, it's really hard to erase stuff off the screen of your computer with a pencil. It doesn't. The, rub, the big orange thing won't work. <laughs> Good morning. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and welcome. we got a great show for you today. We always have a great show. We do. We always have yeah. fun. Yeah. Joining us today is Freddie DeFrancesco from Borderlink. Borderlink is a bunch of insurance companies that uh, are all linked together. And Freddie is a registered, licensed insurance broker, and also he teaches insurance all over the country. Good morning, Freddie. How are you? Oh, I'm very good, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Great. We're also going to be talking to the best car washer in Canada. Exactly. Yeah. He, Unbelievable. Like he, that would be the best car washer in Canada. Like the gold medal Olympist, yeah, you know? I really. can't believe this. Well, we had the crown wash for a wish last week. This guy, Jeff Bent. He washed 353 cars. Wow. Right? They raised a whack of money. Actually, Crown raised four. They did 4,000 cars, and they raised over $60,000. But Jeff did almost 10% of them. Wow. So we're going to talk about him with him in just a few minutes as soon as we come off break. And uh, we have uh, Darren with us from Salem Tires. Jeff from Salem. And Jim Matthews is going to talk about a new insurance policy. And, and Freddie's here. So we'll talk about that, too. It's called walkaway insurance. Mm-hmm. So if your lease went south... Bye-bye, Charlie. Wow. You're able to do that, eh? You can do that now. Yeah, but they, they're going to come and chase you. They want the money back. No. Oh, you only buy the insurance, you walk away. Wow. You're in, you're out. You're up or down. <laughs> Just like that. Back and forth. Anyways, we'll be right back. Uh, we have the audiences here today, by the way. Uh, Steve is back, and he's our... And the audience is just saying, if you want to find out more about the insurance, it's brokerlink.ca. There you go. B-R-O-K-E-R-L-I-N-C-K. And if you've got a car care question, you will spell the phone numbers right after this break. Just the same way you spelled the first name. (laughs) This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Okay, now they finished chastising me because I couldn't say the words broker link. Yes. <laughs> I must have said border link and you're thinking about Trump. I did. I thought, you know, is he going to build a fence? Is he not going to build a fence? Well, who's I gonna, heard that Trudeau's building a fence. fence. Trudeau's building a fence to keep the Americans out. <laughs> oh, That's really? what's going to happen. But who's anyway, paying for it? I don't know. The Mexicans. I always say, if you want to live the American dream, come to Canada. Anyways, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bent. Jeff Bent uh, operates uh, Crown Operation in Niagara Falls. Brett, Jeff, good morning. How are you? Very well. How are you? Good. So we had the uh, Wash for a Wish last week. 
Uh, they did a total of over 4,000 cars. They raised over $60,000. And you did almost 10% of the cars. You washed 353 cars. Congratulations. And how the hell did you do it? Well, we have to uh, just thank the city of Niagara Falls for all their great support. Mm-hmm. We uh, had some uh, billboards put up by uh, local billboard companies. And we had papers. We had different advertising that we did throughout the uh, year, I guess. We yeah. did a whole marketing program just for a car wash. Well, it was, it's a great support mm-hmm. you know, to support the kids in the area Yep, and give back to the community who uh, helps us with our family. So the question is, but physically, how did you wash 325 cars? I mean, that's... How many, you, like you how know, many buckets and brooms and... Yeah. How many people were doing it? We had 14 volunteers okay. in total. Uh, we had the wives come out of some of my employees that do work for us, uh-huh. and uh, we just we started early, <laughs> and we finished around four thirty-five o'clock, and uh, just worked away at it and had fun. Unbelievable! So that's like fifty cars an hour. I mean, that I don't think a car wash can do that. <laughs> so, what did you well, have? Like four different bays set up, or what? Well, we had uh, a lineup coming through the shop. Through like we have a big area here at the shop. So, uh huh. In our parking lot, we just had them lined up, and uh, we just went to town. Wow, one at a time. Well, oh, no, we did. We are probably doing five, six, seven at a time. Ah, uh, okay. Amazing. I was watching you, and then there was another another town that there was competing against you, and you guys ended up at the top. Really, it was in Newfoundland. It was really phenomenal. Yeah, Great job. Newfoundland did well. Actually, all Crown uh, did well, real well, and we're, we're happy with what we did, and it, it's all for a good cause. All the money goes to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, correct? Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Right. We had the bouncing castle here for the kids. They enjoyed it, and uh, even some of us adults went in there. <laughs> you told me you sprayed some crown in there, made it extra bouncy and slippery. Oh, it does. <laughs> and that's even more fun with a basketball net. <laughs> I love it. Where's your store located? My, we're on uh, 4790 Montrose Road in Niagara Falls. Okay. And uh, on the website, we just punch up Niagara Falls, and your site will come up? That's where we are. Great. Thank you so much. and What a great job you did for the community and for the kids. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Good. Jeff Bent is with Crown in Niagara Falls and uh, shows you about community spirit. Small towns, they really do work hard. Which is really the backbone of uh, BrokerLink, really. Yeah. Tell us about BrokerLink, Freddie. Well, BrokerLink basically is one of the largest uh, uh, Canadian property and casualty insurance brokers uh, across Canada. But the the beauty of BrokerLink, David, is that, uh, first of all, they're implanted into the community. And, uh, you know, they serve the needs of both personal and commercial clients. And uh, you're not dealing with that... uh, call center mentality when you're calling a broker link office in your community. So it's an actual broker that you deal with. That is correct. Right? So so you were with with uh, you were my broker for well as long to, as I can remember. That is correct, and, and that's longer a long time. That's right. You Fairview, want to hug each other? Fairview Insurance Brokers for a long moment. time, and of course we're still there. We carry the BrokerLink uh, name right now, but uh, it's the same staff. You're dealing uh, yeah. still with the wonderful people that uh, that have always been there. Now, you have access to more than one insurance company, I'm guessing. Absolutely, Alan, and that is the key to many brokers uh, right across the country is okay. that uh, you do have access to, to many com- companies that you're contracted with. And, of course, BrokerLink being the size that they are across the country, have access to uh, many, many insurance companies that uh, can suit your needs and, of course, uh, be extremely competitive. We have a question from the audience. Audience is asking for people who are listening right now, both on the air and online, uh, what's the website so they can get more information while you're talking? Uh, BrokerLink.ca. .ca is correct. Beautiful. And and it's important to be hooked up with different insurance companies because they have different packages, eh? 
There, there's a need for every person, Alan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if you're a restaurant owner, you want to look for an insurance company that has a great hospitality program. Right. Uh, if you have a, an RV or a motorhome or an e-bike, things of that nature, then you may go to a selected company that specializes in this. Uh, every company has their strong points. And you wouldn't find that on the Internet because how do you find that? Uh, well, you, you don't. You've got to go to an expert who knows Who's selling what? Well, th- that's correct. And you go to an independent broker as, oppo- as opposed to some of the direct writing insurance companies where you're going to speak to a call center mentality. Right. And at the same time, you see, if you're dealing with, uh, you know, a small broker who only works for one insurance company, sure, he- he's selling you the best product that he has. But that's the whole point of that we're making is yeah. that there's lots of other products out there. You know, a lot of people are driving e-bikes these days to try to save money on gas. You know, you see them driving around. They don't have licenses. What kind of actual insurance do you need for one of those, Fred? Well, first of all, they're not motor vehicles. And uh, insurance is not mandatory with an e-bike. But uh, you can imagine the amount of damages these things can do. Uh, you see people running around with them uh, on the sidewalks. They yep. should they should be operating uh, in bike lanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I mean, uh, they, they are bikes that can't be any more than 120 kilos in weight with a maximum speed of 32 uh, kilometers per hour. Now... Remember what I said earlier. I mean, these things can cause a lot of damage. So what type of insurance uh, do you need for for an e-bike? Well, if you're a homeowner or you're a tenant in an apartment, Mm -hmm. uh, your homeowner's policy, your tenant's policy will carry a personal liability coverage. And that personal liability coverage is extended to cover liability that arises from that e-bike. So if Buddy on the e-bike is splitting lanes and happens to run a scratch down the side of your car... He's covered. He is absolutely protected. Not only that, but he'll have something. On <laughs> More his, important, I'm yeah, protected. There you go. No, <laughs> well, the thing is, he'll carry something on his personal liability that's called voluntary property damage. You don't. Mm-hmm. You, he doesn't have to show negligence. Negligence. You don't have to get into a battle in court. He can merely call his insurance company and say, "Look, it. I did this. Pay for the damage." You know what I heard was, and this is a rumor, that if you get DWI on your policy, get an e-bike because you don't need insurance. <laughs> so half those guys are, you know, DWI drivers. Uh, well, well, God help you. You better have liability insurance. You'd think so, because yeah. they're going to be drinking wobbly pops and driving in well, e-bikes. Well, that's what I'm saying, know. yeah. They'll be scratching so, things and running into stuff that, all day long. That's why I see there's older folks on it. Can't get car insurance, so you drive an e-bike. I was taking the e-bike down to the local in-and-out store, eh? And, yeah. Uh, I was down the Legion. and never got out. Now, if you're carrying it too far, does that put you over to weight restriction? No, as the sun sinks slowly in the west. Or can you only buy a 12? <laughs> you, you can pull a trail. The rails, pull the rails are coming off right This now. is Dave's Corner Garage. <laughs> we'll be right back. Roof's up, Dave. Hit it. All righty. We're going to have insurance as our topic today. You're welcome to Dave's Corner Garage, by the way. Everybody's telling me what to do. From now on, I'm the boss. Already. Oh, so now you're afraid of men, too. Where do we go from here? It was just (laughs) women that you were afraid of before. Freddie, we were talking about insurance. Let's talk about RV insurance in the summer, and let's talk about insurance on watercraft and and, uh, ATVs and all that other stuff. Hang on. We only got so many minutes in the segment. All right, right, quick. Well, let's talk about RVs. First and foremost, they are motor vehicles, those that are self-powered, of course, and uh, the type of policy that you would buy for an RV is the exact same policy that you buy on your vehicle. Wouldn't you get a discount because it's off the road for six months? Well, not necessarily, because your RV can be down in the States. It could, I mean, you can virtually drive it any time of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's the motor, uh, the powered one, of course, even those that are in tow, uh, many people use them during the winter. They'll go down south with them. Uh, some of these RVs are really buses. They right? are. And they've got air brakes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
But you don't need a special license to drive it and you don't still insure it? That is correct. And the type of insurance you'll buy for that RV is the t- same insurance you'll buy on your Chevy Chevette. Mm. Interesting. Same Same. Price? Po- same okay. Well, <laughs> a little less. Uh, no, but the, the, there, may, there may be an endorsement on the policy. They may set an agreed value for the value of yeah. that specific RV. Right. And there are specialized companies that will do it. Okay. The last question I had on my side was a lot of people take their RVs and they rent them out when they're not using them. How does that work? Very simply. It's the same as an automobile. Uh, if you owned an automobile, if you happen to be a, a, a leasing company, a car rental company, you are renting renting your cars out. It's the same policy that everybody else buys. It's called an owner's policy in the province of Ontario. And there's an endorsement that is attached to that policy, allowing you to rent your vehicle to, 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 to others. Wow. Pretty good. Go ahead, Al. So it's part of the main policy? or you It's have to part have... of the main policy. Okay. The insurance company that specializes in it will have a special endorsement, allowing you to rent the vehicle out for compensation, and away you go. All right. Well, let's say, for example, you're not a rich dude like Dave, and you didn't buy the motorhome. You're only renting it. Well, then the responsibility, first and foremost, uh, would come upon the owner of that uh, motor home, and that would be so the, rental, be the company. rental company. That'd yeah. be the rental company. We do have some vicarious laws in the province of Ontario. I don't know how it would work with motor homes. I can tell you how it would work if you rented uh, an automobile. Okay. Interesting stuff. So let's talk about a little bit about stuff that's on the water, which is boats and, uh, and watercraft. So let's talk about, you know, like they, they have the jet skis and they've got, uh, those things are dangerous as motorcycles. They are dangerous. They're personal watercrafts and the type of liability, David, you would need for something of that nature, uh, nature is, a, is a personal liability that really reflects uh, marine exposures. Mm-hmm. And uh, many homeowner policies will cover that. Many tenants uh, policies will cover that. If you have a a huge yacht, uh, you may want to go to a specialty market that specializes in in large boats, and there will be a special liability attachment to it. So, so normally, if you've only got a little fishing boat or a little watercraft, pleasure craft, you can just add that to your home your, policy? Your, your homeowner's policy will cover, I believe, uh, horsepower up to 50 horsepower being <laughs> part of your homeowner policy. I but believe again, it's 50. It used to be less than that now, at one time. When you, all this that we're discussing is so complicated. How do you figure that out if you were going to buy this online? You can't. You, you can't, David. I mean, this is why, you know, you look to an independent insurance broker. Number one, we are accountable. We need education in order to have our license renewed every year. And uh, we are accountable to our clients. Uh, we're, uh, we are not, uh, we're not direct writers. In other words, you're not dealing directly with an insurance company. And if you were dealing directly with an insurance company, uh, many of their staff, I believe, are, are not licensed. They're not licensed insurance brokers. They're treated mainly as staff. So they basically just spout the company line. That, that I believe, is what I've seen in the yeah. past. I'm not saying they're all like that. I'm sure there's some very good people, very knowledgeable people out there working with you insurance know, companies. I'm, I, I have to admit, I've been with Freddie for over 35 years. And I went and I tried buying insurance online. I wanted to see if my numbers were higher or lower. You did? Just to say that. So I'm paying $1,400 with Freddie for my car. I would be paying $3,000 with Geico. That's the difference by buying it online. And it's the same information that Freddie has and the same information that I went on Geico and then I got from there. And that would probably be in South Texas somewhere. <laughs> Some, well, I was, in, I was in Florida. Yeah, but you get the mascot, though. Yeah. <laughs> but the a... idea is they don't know you. They don't really care about your driving history. They just start with a big number. And I think that's basically set up for people that aren't educated enough to to, to do their homework and, and, and spend some time on it. They just want to instantaneously, and that's the number. 
Yeah, I mean, we started off that way here in Ontario, too, uh, when the Internet came along, but it didn't work out too well. Uh, the broker system is still the number one system. We have automated it as well, where people can go online and perhaps get a quote uh, on the broker link uh, website or in an independent insurance broker's website. But at the same time, you will still call that broker and make sure that those numbers are accurate. It and, makes of course, sense. that you've filled things in properly. An application has to be completed in the province of Ontario for a policy to be issued. If a policy is issued without an application, statute law would dictate something else. Fascinating. Okay. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Jim Matthews from Lease Busters. Again, we're going to tweak this towards insurance, plus some other information that he's got for us. There is a rumor going around, an article from the Toronto, from the CBC, mm-hmm. that in one decade, you're going to see fewer and fewer and almost no car dealerships. We're going to chat about that with Jim Matthews when we return. It's Dave's Corner Garage. Take we'll us out, right Al. Back. <laughs> Welcome back. Garage doors are wide open. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and we're on the phone with Jim Matthews from Lease Busters. Uh, we've got a couple of items to talk to him about. First one is walk-away insurance. Good morning, Mr. Matthews. Hey, how are you, guys? You're not golfing, are you? Mm, not today. <laughs> got to gotta, gotta vacuum the pool. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. <laughs> Goddamn birds, get out of here. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and maple keys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything. You catch everything in there. Go ahead, my friend. So this is a new thing for your company, a walkaway insurance? Yep. We're, we're just in the stage, first stages of our, of our new partnership. It's a strategic alliance between lease busters and walkaway insurance. And if you've never heard of walkaway insurance, it's, it's basically – it insures your lease contract, and I believe they also do finance contracts as well, but they, it insures your lease contract. So if you are unable to pay, so due to sicknesses or, or loss of income or whatever the case may be, and again, there are an appro- it's an approval process, but at the end of the day, if, you're, if your claim is approved, you can either return the vehicle back to the dealer and, and the insurance company will pay the difference between what is owed and the contract value, or they will provide payments for maybe one, two, three, four, five months, or whatever the case may be, to allow you to get back on your feet in an, in order to be able to continue, you know, driving your car, keeping your car, and then recover from whatever peril you're in. So, in other words, you, yeah, you want to keep the car, but you're not able to work for a couple of months. You can't can't afford to pay it. Okay, exactly. exactly. Jim, Jim, tell it's Fred here. Jim, tell me who underwrites that policy. There, I don't know who exactly who the insurance company is, but Walkaway's been around for quite a few years. Um, and the, the first insurance company I know was a mainstream company. Now they're with another company where they have a little bit more autonomy in terms of, of, of the claims and how they work it. But it's it's a mainstream lease, uh, insurance company. It's it's not an unusual thing. There is loss of uh, income insurances on finance contracts, so they're they're not. You know, it's it's they haven't reinvented the wheel, but they have in terms of their uh, leasing niche. And the other thing too is, not every claim is approved. For example, you know, someone may try to you know make a claim, you know, because they're getting transferred, you know, from you know their their job in Toronto to Houston, Texas, or whatever the case may be. So they try to make a claim, or they inquire as to whether it applies. And in those particular cases, it doesn't. But this is where lease busters comes in, because we would be their alternative in terms of you know, referring the customer who has to get out of their lease. 
They send them to us, and we work with them as well and find solutions to get them out because that's what we do. So it's, it, they, they kind of complement each other. How's that, how's that insurance priced, uh, Jim? It's it's not priced too badly. My understanding is, of course, it's, it's based on the value of the car and the monthly payment and so forth. But I'm thinking, again, standard, maybe you know, $15, $20 a month kind of thing, which is not a bad rate to have that type of protection. And really what they refer to it at, at Walkway, and I'm by, by no means I'm not an expert, but certainly Dave and Alan, I can, I can get the CEO on your show for sure, and he can explain a lot better than I can. But basically what it is, it's debt insurance. And mm. it's, a, it's a really good idea. And most dealers are that, that sell it. And again, they have a very, very interesting and aggressive sales strategy. If you're a Walkway dealer, you must include a walkaway package on every lease that you do. And that's just how it is And because they can't be selective in terms of, of who they're selling the package to because all of a sudden it's a, it, it opens the door to additional and unnecessary claims. So they really got to be careful on, on who they sell it to. So to, to, to solve that particular problem, they have to sell to everybody at the dealer, which well, is, it makes good sense. Jim, to change, uh, change topics here, we're talking about dealers. Uh, mm-hmm. article in the CBC this week about uh, the fact that your regular you know, uh, brick-and-mortar dealerships may not be around in 10 years. What do you think about that? I completely disagree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the fellows that wrote it, I mean, they're, they're analysts. I read the article. It's a mm-hmm. well-written article. But these guys are, are analysts. They don't understand the new car process. Yes. They don't understand that you know, when, when you're buying a new car, there's more to it than just you know logging on and doing a search to find the the dealer or find a, the OEM uh, website. You have to go through a complete process of looking at the car, driving the car, you know. Uh, and there's several different brands out there now. Where I agree, do you need four acres of of yard? No, you don't. Do you need a huge service facility necessarily? Maybe not, but that's part of their business model. I mean, what I can see is certainly there, there's going to be dealers, there's going to be vehicles that have to be that are available for test drive. Mm-hmm. There's going to be product specialists there to explain all the different products. But I can see in the future groups like Costco, Walmart, Canadian Tire mm-hmm. signing warranty deals, and and even Glen Allen Motors being a an authorized warranty um, facility for. A manufacturer. Why couldn't you be? Why shouldn't you be? Well, I, I think part of the thinking, though, is that you know the electric vehicles, for sure, electric cars, anyways, are that much more reliable and require that less service. So, yeah, but do they, Alan? You're, you're the mechanic. Do they? Well, you know they, what? Brakes um, on the electric they, side, though, things are pretty good, though. Um, you know, you're only sure they still have brakes, they still have tires, so those are things that need to get fixed. But um, yeah. but I think as you're saying too, you still will have the big box store, but you won't need quite the big as big a footprint because you're gonna still <laughs> need people there, you know, to to help people with their cars. You're gonna need to have some demos there. I mean, that was one of the things we talked about lease busters, where people bought a car online, hated it, and then go, well, what do we do now? Exactly, exactly. So and the other thing too is when you're looking for a car, people, especially in today's society, in the I want immediate gratification society. If you need a car, you go to the local dealership or you, you do your research, you go to the local dealership, and if they don't have the car in stock that you want, well, now what are you going to do? And this is why they have to keep and, and have yards of uh, you know, over an acre so they can stock 150 new cars because 
when their clients need a new car, they don't want to wait four to six to eight weeks to factory order the darn thing. Well, right. There's so many options. I want it in this color, and I want these options on it. Uh, otherwise, I'm not buying it. Exactly. Now, again, the, the Asian imports, so Japanese and and uh, Korean cars, I mean, all they have are different model styles. Really and truly, you're just picking transmission. And today, everybody wants automatic. So all you're picking is is model style today, which has the different option packages. So you're not building the car like like we used to have to in the 80s and 90s kind of thing. No, exactly. So, and, I, and I think that the messages are moving that way, but certainly not the pickups. So it's easier to inventory vehicles, but if they can find places to keep these these vehicles, and it's all about real estate, and that's mm-hmm. the most expensive thing, mm-hmm. then you know the model makes more sense. But I cannot ever see the need for a new car store dwindling down to nothing. All right, Jimmy, no we got to run, but uh, no, we're going to keep Jim out for. Are we going to keep yeah, him on with some more questions? For okay, him. super, Jimmy, hang around, okay? Sounds good, Wilder. Stay away from the side of the pool, especially if you haven't got a P. What do you call it? personal uh, protection thing on? There is no I in team, but there is an M and E. <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. Where did that come from? We'll be back with the answer <laughs> to that question right after this break. Back to Dave's Corner Garage. You know, we've decided to keep this topic open. Yes. And um, and Jimmy Matthews is beside is, his pool. He's with us still. A couple of things we're gonna, I just want to say was Dennis DeRoche commented on this article. And he writes, uh, there used to be a mass optimism around hybrid vehicles, and yet still 17 years later, less than 1% of the vehicles on the road are hybrids. So this was something that everybody's going to say, everybody's going to drive electric and hybrid vehicles. So he's, this is something I didn't know. Remember Priceline, originally known for name-your-own-price system, was a well-regarded travel uh, site. Mm-hmm. Yet they tried to apply the same model to buying gasoline in 2000, and it fell flat on its face. Interesting, huh? So, Jim, you make mistakes buying cars. You bought a car that didn't fit. Exactly. And you're in the biz. That's right. In fact, I don't want to say the make and model, but uh, you know, it was a brand-new 2016 vehicle, fully loaded, wonderful vehicle, great powertrain, great uh, you know, um, features and so on and so forth. But when I took delivery of it, the dealer actually dropped it off at my office. I got in it, started driving it, felt, oh, this is, this is really nice, and blah, blah, blah. After about 20 minutes, I realized that I didn't have enough leg room and that, you know, the seat just really wasn't that comfortable. And I played with the eight-way power seats and the air and the lumbar and this and that, but I still couldn't get the seat back far enough. And in the end, I made a pretty big mistake because had I test-driven that car, and not just around the block, but had I test-driven that car for 20 minutes or longer, I would have discovered all these things and said to my contact at the dealership, mm, "No, maybe not. Got a pass." I did the same problem. I bought a caddy, and the, and the seat hurt my back so bad. But being a mechanic, I took the guy thing out. <laughs> I got caught myself there. I took the thing out. I just rebuilt the whole seat, put it back in, and now it works. And Freddie was trying to buy a Genesis, right? Well, I've got a Genesis right now, and I wanted to to buy a newer one. Of course, I couldn't find a dealer anywhere. Uh, I, there's no location to, to to test drive one, to look at one, to get uh, to get a price on my, on the, the trade in that I have right now. Uh, I think they finally have opened up their first dealership. I don't know if they have any cars in there so, or not in Toronto. So there's the example that if you're buying and selling online without a dealer, what happens with the trade in? Well, and again, the trade-in the trade-in is not too bad, and you're going to start seeing some, you know, that there are a few online platforms regarding trade-ins, and you're going to start seeing some more. Actually, Leasebusters is going to be involved in in an online trade-in process where dealers will be able to put their amount. 
when, when the user, when the customer, you know, they'll be able to put in the, the, the description of their vehicle and all the photos. So that part can actually be done online. It's, 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 quite, uh, that, that, it's quite easy to do. The, the dealer will still have to have a look at it at the end, but certainly a value be, can be ascertained. But to your point, Dave, you're absolutely right. You still need somebody there to, you know, do the final appraisal of the vehicle, mm-hmm. accept accept the car, you know, do whatever they have to do with the used vehicle. And that's the other point with dealerships. You know, you still need you still need used car operations too, because remember, more than fifty percent of the vehicles that are sold today are used cars. Fascinating. Where are they going to go? Fascinating. Can't buy a used one online. Not that easy. No, because you know everybody who's selling a car is not exactly telling you the truth. <laughs> Well, that's exactly. why they have makeup. <laughs> exactly. But at the same time, I mean, you know, if I'm buying a used car either as a dealer or as a as a retailer, like a person who's looking for a car, I want to get in, I want to see it, I want to I want to smell it, make sure it hasn't uh, yep. you know been smoked in and now with the, you know, July 1st, 2018, I mean, you can smoke weed for goodness sake. You can't smoke anywhere else except your car for goodness sake. So, you know, not only cigarettes, but there's going to be weed smelling in cars. Who knows? There's hey, no dude, 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 <laughs> listen, dude, we, we got to take a break, eh? <laughs> I'm getting really, I got the munchies or something. We, we got to run. Uh, listen, listen, we're getting laid back here. Uh, he, Alan inhaled, but he never swallowed. Jim, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. Uh, interesting stuff. We'll be right back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, here. Put the bathing suit on. The yeah. grandkids are coming over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit it. <laughs> Every year, J.D. Power does what's called an initial quality study. In other words, how many faults are in cars per hundred? When they buy them new. When they buy them new, okay? Top of the line is Kia. Really? Kia has 72 failures per hundred vehicles, which I guess is not an awful lot. Uh, next is Genesis. There you go, Freddie. And Porsche is following that, Ford and Ram, then BMW. Bottom of the line, uh, worst car for faults would be a Fiat. Second would be a Jaguar. Next would be a Volvo. Next would be Mitsubishi and Land Rover. So there you go. You know, I'm absolutely not, you know, surprised about the the, the lower, you know, the bottom feeders here. Yeah, because two of them are British. Traditionally, they've <laughs> always been that way, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Land Rover, Jaguar. I mean, they're the worst ones on the road. Uh, Darren Boston's is with us. Darren is with uh, Salem Tires. Darren, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. And I'm safe to say I don't have any of those vehicles anymore. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anymore. Well, Porsche was at the top, actually. I know. But he had an issue with his Porsche, too. Well, you see, the thing was, it wasn't new anymore. Was new to well, him. They, ne- they never are as soon as you drive them off the lot. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that first bump is bump, bump. What yeah, was that? That cool. was $40,000. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the summer months. It's hot outside, hopefully. Uh, RV tires, trailer tires. I mean, that's what's going on, right? It's that time of the year for sure. I just, I, I didn't even realize, I guess a couple days ago was the first day of summer. So, uh, Not from yeah, looking outside, it isn't. No, no, I know. That's, uh, that's, why it kind of came upon, I didn't really know. Well, yeah. you know, and a lot of people are taking their trailer tires for granted. You know, they just hook it up to the car and think they're just going to head out. Uh, what should they do before they do that? Well, obviously, uh, do it once over. A good check. Uh, get down, you know, like on your knees or, or crouch down and take a look in 
you know, the rim, uh, what's behind the rim, see if there's any rust uh, staining or any issues with the bearings. Uh, definitely want to check your pressures. Make sure there's no uh, excessive ozoning or dry rot, as we call it. That's what turns um, brown, right? Yeah, it turns, uh, just colors the rubber a bit, and then it starts to crack out. And uh, and you can feel it, like stick your fingernail into it. And if it's crispy and harder, um, that's not good. If it's soft and supple, that's perfect. So, so if it's brown, it means your tire's gone for a... Yes. Probably, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, and so back. just kicking, it's not enough. Usually not, no. no. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not, we don't suggest just kicking it. Now and and then if you need new tires, let's say you you know that's how the, yours look. You guys have line of the, those tire kind of tires as well. Yeah, yeah, we cover basically uh, everything from, uh, for lack of terms, soup to nuts. Uh, the only thing we don't do is uh, motorcycle and bicycle tires. And you're the only ones that supply trailer tires. One of the only, uh, yeah, like as far as uh, there's no major brand doing uh, uh, trailer tires anymore. Goodyear just brought out uh, another one uh, or one that, because uh, they had got out of it for a while. I think they're starting to get back into it. But, yeah, you don't have a big selection there, but um, they're definitely quality products cool. out there. And we yeah, had a call a couple a couple of months ago. We were talking about this, and somebody was saying, well, the size is the same as a passenger car, but you were saying that, no, it's not the same kind of tire, correct? Yeah, no, you don't want to. You want to stick with uh, for your utility trailers, uh, boat trailers, uh, camper trailers, uh, up to a certain size. You want to stick with the you know the ST tires, right? And That's not and not a not a not, not a um, P tire. We have to talk right. about the big car show this weekend. Yes, envious, big, uh, envious, and Salem uh, car show up at uh, Hunters Valley, two eleven Hunters Valley. It should be pretty good. I hope the weather holds up. So this is a bunch of uh, Fast and Furious. Slightly, yep. I think uh, there's, uh, I think there's over 120 cars entered uh, for the competition. Um, obviously, the competition is around the looks of the car, the you know, I guess some of the mods, etc. They also have an audio uh, section where they're going to have uh, stare the guys the stereos in the cars. Mm-hmm. Um, a stage DJ. Uh, there'll be lunch there. Um, it all goes to charity for sick kids. Um, I'm glad you mentioned. Be food. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> is, is mean, there... I'm glad he mentioned food. Uh, yeah, yeah well, there's food there. So Darren... stop in and uh, pick up a burger or a hot dog. Darren, <laughs> is there a special nursery for some of these cars? Uh, as uh, <laughs> nursery. Yeah, you know, you park your you have a your car's in the nursery, isn't it? You no, know, no, my my car. I've got my car back. I've actually cleaned it today. Getting it. I'm not entered into the show by. Anything, I see. But, okay. Uh, I uh, I may park it because we have a, a sailing booth at the show, obviously. So. I may park it there, but you know me, I don't really like a lot of people around my car. Well, the, you know, the, the baby's shy, right? Yeah, very shy. We should explain Darren has a brand new uh, car. It's a, a certain model that nobody can come close to, including his kid, his wife, neighbors. But, <laughs> but it was nice. at the proctologist for a little bit. Well, of we didn't want to say that, Dave. It was up in the hoist and was like, oh, no, let's not go there. That's uh, Darren, how do you spell envious? Because it's kind of unique. Yes, it's N-V-U-S. Right, N-V-U-S. And there's yep. a site for that so people can get on it. Yep, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's nvus.ca. Yeah, I think it is. I went on um, that site, yeah. And then you can also check uh, on, on Salem's Facebook. Uh, we posted a bunch of stuff about it, too. So. Hey, good luck with the show. It should be great. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, and it's a good cause. Sick Kids is a great cause to collect money for. Definitely. And uh, we it wish you all the best. I, I have a friend, good authority that the weather's going to be great. Awesome. 
because my brother told me because I have to come up to his cottage to go for a swim. <laughs> <laughs> this I want to see, you in the pool. Uh, Darren, on uh, sailing.ca, do you have uh, instructions on how to get there? Um, there's the address. For you remember you yeah. go to okay. work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about that. I just automatically drive Just there. give them the address out on the air. The whole way there. 211 Hunters Valley Perfect. In, in Woodbridge. I think it's 427 straight north. No, yeah, not they, Airport Road. Google it. You go so, Airport yeah, Road right to the end. 50, highway 50 up and then yeah. uh, hang it right on Traders Valley. Yeah. And your first left is uh, Hunters Valley. That's so. it. You'll up. probably see the commotion right from Highway 50. Up, right and left and look for the police cars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, thanks, Darren. Have yourself a great weekend. Thanks, gentlemen. You as well. Okay, right, great. See you later. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We've got a couple people standing by. We're going to take those calls right after this break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Alrighty, let's quickly go to the phones because we've we got Elizabeth bad. is standing by. She's got a Toyota Matrix, which are usually pretty good cars. But we're yours... really sorry for keeping you so long, Elizabeth. It's okay. Okay, what's wrong with yours? Okay, um, my husband has a 2014 Matrix, and this will be the fifth time that it won't start. It's like the battery's dead. After the third time, he took it to the dealership, and they did a test, AVR. Yes. And they said it's fine. Uh-huh. He finds that lights are on. Is there any way... I don't know things about cars. Is there any way the computerized system or electrical, whatever you want to call it, can turn lights on? Mm. Well, what, what, what can happen, and part of the AVR test, which is what they've done, is to check for a parasitic draw. In other words, they're looking to see that if something is taking power away from the battery when, in fact, the whole car is shut off. Um, now, when it kept dying on you, did you do anything to, to correct it? Uh, we... We had uh, someone give us a boost, uh, you know, stranger, or we've called roadside assistance. Okay, but you have to understand that that only gets your car started that time, okay? Yes. It doesn't necessarily recharge your battery or or fix anything. Um, So, you know, unless someone has actually put the battery on a slow charge for three or four hours, you know, you've done nothing to really kind of fix it, eh? Okay, but what about we took it to the dealership? And they did an AVR test. Correct. And they came back and said there's nothing wrong? Yes. And, okay. But it's gone dead since. Yes, it's dead okay. now on the driveway. I would be suggesting a couple of things. One, try when you park the car, disconnect the battery and see if it's okay in the morning. All right? The reason okay. being maybe it's a faulty battery and it's, and it's shorting itself out. Okay, disconnect the battery. And yeah, what's the disconnect the battery. Thing? You'll lose your presets, but that's about all. The second problem can be that it's with the security system of the car. It could be firing for some reason, and you're not hearing it because you're sleeping. So okay. um, that's usually where the problem lies if cars are going dead. This is security system fires. So what I would suggest you do is first off, do the first test. If that passes, give it to the dealer. Let them spend some quality time with it. Drive another car and let, them, let it happen to them. Okay. All, All right, right, Elizabeth, good, good luck. luck. All right, let's quickly go here. We're going to go to Lou in King City. He's got a motorhome that he needs some insurance on. Lou? Yes, it's a 1991 motorhome. Is that insurable, or do insurance companies uh, have a problem with that? They're all insurable, Lou. But uh, what you have to do is just uh, call your local broker, call a BrokerLink uh, broker, and uh, we will scour the market for you and uh, and find an insurance company that uh, does specialize uh, in the particular home. They may want, because it's an older model, they may want some pictures, and uh, I'm sure you've got some sort of a safety certificate with it, and uh, it shouldn't be a problem. Lou, does it have to be tested every year or two? Uh, 
No, no. So it's not like a car where every couple of years it has to have an emissions test or something? Uh, yeah, the emission test has to be done, yes. Sure, if it's right. a motor home. So somebody's put his head underneath the truck in every couple of years, right? No, they That's just right. tested it yeah. for emissions. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, Lou, hope we've helped you. Yeah, thanks a lot. You're very welcome. So, yeah, it could be. I mean, we get it on occasion, you know, where somebody's got an older vehicle and their insurance company sent them a request to have it inspected because they're concerned about the safety and reliability yeah, of it. Yeah, brake lines, uh, You know, you're talking floors. about a 20-year-old vehicle and you want to make sure that it's mm-hmm. still safe. Interesting stuff. So BrokerLink would actually send them BrokerLink, we have a number of insurance companies, David, and I'm sure that there is a, a company out there that, that uh, will write an older vehicle, no different than uh, than uh, an antique vehicle or a mm. classic vehicle and what have you. So what are the but, criteria? You make them then have them inspect it? The, the criteria basically is they'll probably want a picture of the vehicle. They may ask how many kilometers are on the vehicle yeah. and, of course, the value of the vehicle as well. You may have some people saying, look, I'm not really concerned about the uh, physical damage to the actual motor home itself, but I am concerned about the liability, and that, of course, is the most important so coverage you want to have. when you just touched on something, the value of the vehicle, mm-hmm. it, well, when we deal with other insurance companies on, on, on classic cars, mm-hmm. they pre-agree on what the value of the vehicle is. That is, is correct, Dave, and we did speak about that in a, in a, on a show in the past. When you do have a classic uh, vehicle, when you do have an antique vehicle, there's a special endorsement that goes on to the policy that uh, applies an agreed value to that specific vehicle, right. and normally uh, you know, uh, an inspection of the car or an appraisal of that car uh, will go along with the application. And the RV, when you've taken it off the road, is it smart to say just um, remove the liability just to fire and theft or whatever? You can do that with any vehicle. It doesn't necessarily have to be an RV. It could be a motorcycle. It, it could be an automobile. Uh, it could be anything. Many people will say have a sports car that they only drive uh, mm-hmm. in June, July, and August, and uh, they remove it from the policy. They remove the running coverage, shall we say, or the, or the third-party liability from the vehicle, but you still retain on that particular policy physical damage coverage in the event of a fire in your garage. Is there or a charge for t- me to phone you up and say, Hey, take the th- I'm taking it off the road. There is no charge whatsoever. In other words, you're 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 getting a return premium on that policy for the exact number of days where the liability does not apply. There's no additional charge to it. I love it. Good yeah. Stuff. Now you have some people sometimes that might have a uh, only one vehicle in the family, and that they take it off the road. You you don't just want to take the liability off that vehicle. You want to use a special endorsement so that you retain your accident benefits on your policy. That is, in the event that you're a pedestrian, you get struck by an automobile uh, who leaves the scene, you want to make sure that you've got some sort of car insurance that's going to uh, protect you. And by going back to your own policy where you have suspended it with a special endorsement, you still maintain accident benefit coverage even though your vehicle is not being driven. Okay. Hear that music? means we're going. So brokerlink.ca? That is it, David. Not Borderlink. Not Borderlink. Not Borderlink. <laughs> I didn't know I said Borderlink. Yeah, you did. Gonna... Trust me. Well, Donald <laughs> Trump was listening. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Freddie, thank you so much. Freddie is uh, an instructor, too. I didn't know that. You're yeah, a... just came back from the Sioux, as a matter of fact, doing a convention up there. Just love it up there. Is that right? Yeah, I love it. Where men there. are men and women are lonely. You got it. <laughs> Best Italian food in Ontario. In the Sioux? In the Sioux. Really? There you go. Great Northern we're, Road. Get we're not eating at the Tower driving. Restaurant anymore. Do they have a, like a leaning tower of Sue or something? Leaning <laughs> tower of Sue, yeah. yeah. There's Sue and there's Suzanne. There's Larry. And oh, the audience is speaking up. Bobby. Anyway, speaking of the audience, thank you, Steve. Hi. Thanks, Larry. Okay. Uh, Sebastian, again, a beautiful job. Freddie, thank you. Thank you to our guests that Jim called Matthews. in. Jim Matthews and Darren Bosnitz. And congratulations to Jeff Bent. 
from Crown. Uh, Wash the most number of cars in the entire world. Uh, unbelievable. Have a great weekend, everybody. Goodbye. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 